Good morning, Fullerton. Here are your headlines for the last week of April 2022. Number one, nature preserve set to open this fall. The Robert E. Ward Nature Preserve, 72 acres of undeveloped sagebrush habitat owned by the city of Fullerton for nearly 40 years, will finally open to the public this fall. A small part of the southern portion of the preserve has been partially accessible since 2007, but most of the preserve has remained officially off-limits to the public. Named for former Mayor Bob Ward, who served on the Fulton City Council from 1972 to 1978, the preserve is located on the west side of Euclid Avenue across from Laguna Lake Park. Chafee spent $800,000 on their own campaign so far. According to campaign finance filings available from the Orange County Registrar of Voters, husband and wife attorneys Doug and Paulette Chafee have collectively contributed $800,000 as of April 13 towards their campaigns for two different county seats on the June 7 ballot. Current chair of the Orange Orange County Board of Supervisors, Doug Chafee has contributed $600,000 to defend his seat in the 4th District against Buena Park, Mayor Sunny Park, Brea Councilperson Steve Vargas, and lesser-known candidate Martin Simonoff. Filings from Paula Chafee's campaign show that she has loaned $200,000 to herself. Ms. Chafee is the sole challenger to the incumbent Tim Shaw, who is currently appointed to fill the seat he vacated earlier this year on the County Board of Education in District 4. This year, he has raised $35,500 from four individuals and one political action committee. His largest contributor is attorney Mark W. Butcher, who gave $25,000. Butcher is a board director of the California Policy Center, which advocates for charter schools. Number three, could rising gas prices bring changes in transportation? Americans are currently facing record high gas prices due to inflation, as well as the U.S. government's embargo on Russian oil due to the Russian large-scale offensive in Ukraine. Gas stations in Fulton have been no exception to this rise in gas prices, and many Fullertonians have had to deal with the ramifications. To assist with the high gas prices, local public transit agencies are stepping in to help people in Fullerton deal with the crisis with more options. For example, OCTA has been offering discounts to riders to help offset the gas prices with their current $5 day pass being less than the cost of a gallon of gas. To meet the increasing demand, Metrolink will add 26 trains to its schedule, with four being added to the 91 Paris Valley and Orange County lines, which both serve as Fulton's Metrolink station. Number 4. High School Board Approves Dress Code Updates The Fulton Joint Union High School Board of Trustees approved the updated dress code policy. This policy was last updated more than 40 years ago in 1978. The dress code removes gendered language, supports a safe school environment, and approves the updated Administrative Regulation 5650 last updated in 1990. The Student Advisory Council and principals worked on updating AR 5650 since August 2021, creating a cohesive policy, providing consistency which has been lacking throughout the district campuses. The students tackled issues that many adults hesitate to address, including religious attire, contagious disease, and hygiene issues. Number 5. Downtown Fulton Historic Walking Tours Resume After Two-Year Hiatus Fulton Heritage's guided walking tours have been on a two-year hiatus due to COVID-19. However, on Saturday, April 2nd, they resumed. Ernie Kelsey, president of Fulton Heritage and chair of the volunteer organization's tour group, shared, and I quote, Education is part of our goals and tours are a great way to get people to hear more about Fulton's historic past. What's great about about these tours is that they're not only fun and give you exercise, but so many people learn about the city. It's fun to go through and educate people about a building or an area or historic event that happened that they didn't know about. People drive by these historic buildings every day and they don't know how historic they really are." End quote. Fulton Heritage's next historic walking tour will be happening at Hillcrest Park on April 30 at 9am. 
They start and meet at the stairs located in the parking lot at Lemon and Valley View. Admission for all guided walking tours is $5 for the public and free for Fulton Heritage members. Visit the Fulton Heritage Facebook page to find the latest tour schedule. To request a tour or make a reservation, you can call their hotline at 714-740-3051. That is 714-740-3051 or send an email to tours at fultonheritage.org. Next, we have an interview with the Richmond Neighborhood Community Leader, Eglet Nunsi. Nunsi, along with other community leaders, recently completed a survey in which they asked hundreds of Richmond residents to share their concerns about their neighborhood. Today, we will be discussing current problems with the Richmond neighborhood, the findings of the survey, and what plans exist as possible solutions. Right. Hi, Eglet. Thank you for being on the show. Could you please start with an introduction of yourself? Absolutely, Uruj. My name is Eglet Nunsi. I'm a member of this community in Fullerton. Well, I have many roles in our city. I am a president of DILAC, our school district. I'm part of the chief advisory board. I'm part of LCAP. And I am the, um, you see, as uh, the community liaison for the Center for Healthy Neighborhood at the Richmond Park. But I think that my most important role is I'm a mom and from my beautiful daughter, Juliana. Awesome, thank you for sharing that. So tell me a little bit about the Richmond neighborhood and what the current concerns are. Well, right now with our center, we see so much need in our community. One of them, you see, we did first a community forum um, through the CBI, which is the, in the initiative for the community empowerment. And we decide, our community decide that safety is the main concern for the Richmond neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And that is a situation they have for many years, you know, is being seen. A lot of people, you know, not have the opportunity to move from our uh, neighborhood because of the rents, the housing, mm -hmm. and they cannot afford to live in another place. And then uh, we, we tell all our neighbors, when this is a situation that something, you know, is concerning to us, what we have to do is work together f for fix this situation. Mm -hmm. And this is what we're doing. Okay. And, and you currently, uh, you recently did a community survey. So can you talk a little bit about that, like how that came about, what the process was, who was involved? Absolutely, Uruj. Uh, our center, we have this initiative and we have our amazing leaders, which are our core team. And our core team, Uruj, is these wonderful moms and dads, they came to us but before we just go to city council mm -hmm. and we always, you know, expressing our concern in public comment and meeting people. But we are now then we realize, you know, with the support of the Cal State Fullerton that we need, need data mm -hmm. because people love data, right. you know. And then we said, okay, we're going to do a survey. Our 38 leaders, mm -hmm. could you see, commit to this endeavor and 26 of them we walk around the neighborhood and we got 263 surveys okay and that was you know a wonderful experience because some of our members our core team they are homeowners mm -hmm. and for them walking in the in the apartment complex it was an eye opener right. for all of them because they see you know the poverty a lot of garage converters, three families living in one bedroom apartment. Oh that is situations that people don't imagine because mm -hmm. it's not their reality. Right. You see, when you have your home and each of your children can have their own rooms. And it was, you know, that is very powerful. And those are our core team that are so empowered now to make a difference in our community. Mm -hmm. And and what were some of the other findings apart from people finding out about each other's living conditions? Um, Very powerful. 83% of our community mm -hmm. and the Richmond neighborhood don't feel safe. Okay. And 5% mm -hmm. 
report. Imagine how low is the number of reporting. Right. People is, have a lot of fear of retaliation. Mm -hmm. We have a, a big situation with gangs in the neighborhood. Right. People are, and the language barrier is another big one. And think people, you know, don't have that trust right. to call. Um, of course, you know, the immigration situation, a lot of members of our community, which is the majority Latino community. And right. um, it makes so hard improve safety in our neighborhoods. That is something that it was heartbreaking for all of us. Mm -hmm. We see, of course, a big concern, the situation, the crisis of the homeless situation. Mm -hmm. That is a big one. Yeah. And people, you know, but what we do too, when we were talking, you know, walking around our neighborhood, we were explaining our neighbors that the situation, the crisis that we have with homelessness is not just for one organization, it's mm -hmm. for all of us to work together. Right. Because we need to give dignity to the people that need our help, you know, to give them housing, mental health, and that is why our, our team is working with the police department, and we went to support the Hope Center. The Hope Center is going to help and it's going to bring case managers, which they're going to go with the officers to help clearly uh, more. Uh, it's going to be more, uh, I don't know what's the word I can use, like they're going to get the right mm -hmm. help and resources for, you see, all our transients they are here because we are all at risk and become homeless in one point, mm -hmm. you know, in our life with the cost of living. Right. And this is something that we have to do all together. Right, because the cost of living is so high. Oh, incredibly high. Um, that is where, you see, the safety is is a big concern because it came together with the crisis, in the housing crisis. Right. Because one, well, it's all together. Right, right. It's like a perfect storm that we're creating. Mm -hmm. You see, now parents have to not just have one job, have two jobs. Mm -hmm. Two parents have to go to work. Who take care of the children? Right. And you see, that is another, we have, we were working in prevention. Mm -hmm. We don't want our kids to go and join again because they are, they don't have supervision. That's why we are working very close with the Fullerton School District, with the high school district, because this is for all of us. Right. You see, prevention is, is the way that you can achieve and decrease this crisis. Mm -hmm. So a little bit earlier, you mentioned that people, it, it, more than 80% of people don't feel safe. Um, have any incidents happened within the past year or so that kind of signify that? Oh, absolutely. Our neighborhoods, you see when we did our survey, mm -hmm. which is was last year, and it was for, from you know, at the end of the year, people, you know, it was experiencing so much crime. Right. Car theft, you know, garage, you know, intrusions, and it was, so many things that are happening in our neighborhood. What we're seeing recently is, you know, which is very hard for me to pronounce in English, the catalytic converter, you know, mm -hmm. they are stealing all over, right? breaking the windows of the car. Most of our community, they cannot afford to have a full coverage. Right. They have just liability. And you see many of the cars, they just put plastic on the windows because they cannot even afford to replace, you know, the glass on their windows. And... That is one situation. We're now even seeing people, they are making holes in their gas tanks because you know the price of the gas is so right. high. They are making holes and stealing the gas from the cars. Oh my God. I know, and they're sending us, you know, graffiti, you know, all over our neighborhood. And youth, you know, a lot of, 
our young kids, you know, smoking marijuana in parks mm -hmm. and other public spaces. Right. You know, and that create now our parks, they're not children in our parks anymore. Right. They are so afraid to go, they're so fearful to go. Mm -hmm. And what, what, what we do, you see, we are just having our children at home, right. you know, playing video games all day. That is not a healthy life for our children, for our community. And we have to change that. Right. That's and we have to do it now. Mm -hmm. It's just not a healthy lifestyle for anyone. For involved. anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned a little bit earlier that you, uh, you guys are working with the Fulton schools and the police department. So how is that going? Oh, my goodness. We received so much support. Mm -hmm. Very grateful to our superintendent, Dr. Right. Pletka, and the board. They are always helping us, you know, with the center. They're going to help us for uh, our upcoming community forum that we're going to have at Richmond Elementary. And you see, we are working in this prevention. Um, but we're not just, you know, we're not just working with school district, with the police department, which mm -hmm. now they know our community leaders. And we know then we interview to our police officers because this is not a situation that is just one side. Right. It's not just community. We we want to know, you see, how our officers feel. They have a you see the budget cuts. Right. We don't have enough staff and they have to have long hours working. Mm -hmm. And that is not um, it can affect their mental health. Mm -hmm. You see their their families. There's you know, and this is not something that we have to put any employee in that situation. And more when you see when they're carrying a gun, right? And that is something that we have to take care of our officers for them to do a good job. And then we have that relationship. They're being so helpful. Our core team leaders they present to the police department to the chief, to the captains, and they, and then they asked, you know, the officers asked to the leaders to do another presentation of our core team leaders. Mm -hmm. And they went and they talked with all the watch commanders. Right. And because this is, you know, how we have to have a truly community policing. Mm -hmm. One is both sides working together. We have a great relationship with our fire department mm -hmm. and we present to the collaborative right. because the collaborative, you see, we have in my personal opinion, as an adult, we have the responsibility to live our legacy of better world for our children. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have to do with all of us. It's not just one organization or who's going to have the credit. The credit has to be to the whole community working to achieve it. Right. And our leaders do an amazing job. These are moms. They have seven kids, five kids. I don't know how they do it. You see, I want to barely manage my life. <laughs> But they do such an amazing job. They bring their families. They work with their children in the neighborhood. And during this pandemic, our community leader is not just, you see, now doing a survey. Because outreach is not one day. It's like right. having an amazing marriage. It's yeah. a relationship. Mm -hmm. And during this pandemic, our leaders, you know, we give, you know, we did food drives. And we help 11,000 families wow. giving, distributing food taking care of the people that were infected for 14 days. We feed them for 14 days and they can be at home and they can, uh, you see, and that was, we can control the, a little bit, you know, the spread of the COVID in our right. community. We help our community all the time. And this is, you know, when we go to the neighborhood is one person calling to the other neighbor. And then you have the whole block out helping to achieve this survey. Right. And that is, you see, it's so good to see that everything that you do, people recognize it 
and they they respond to you mm-hmm. in that in that way in that manner yeah mm-hmm. definitely and and what tremendous you know these are just tremendous efforts that your team the community the police officers are making trying to collaborate and um, fix some of these issues together so I'm very impressed by all of this so looking at the survey you explained what the results were how can people access the survey if they want to look at the findings themselves is oh. this available Yes, we are working right now. Like I told you, we have a great support, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Chief Dan that's helping us a lot with the police department. And we are doing now our community, we're going to have our community forum, mm-hmm. which is going to be May 4th. Right. That's going to be in person. And then we're going to share, you know, after that date, we're going to start, we're sharing now our one page you okay. see, for inform the community. And the data is going to be given by our center. Mm-hmm. Because this data belongs to the community, okay. and we want the community to see it. But first, we want to have our community forum, okay. because that is, you see, May 4th is when we want all our decision makers to come and commit to the community. You see that, what is the next step that we're going to have? Our, you see, community, our courting leaders are asking for have cameras at the park, at Richmond Park, and the monitor to be at the police department. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to be that like a policy for all the parks to have, you see, increase of having surveillance at the park. Mm-hmm. That is one step that we want to achieve in the short term. And the most important thing too, we want to create cohesion, cohesion in our community. We see so much um, bystander, the bystander mm-hmm. effect. We have situation, domestic violence in a park, right. a park where it's full of people, you see, and nobody called the police department. Oh my God. And everybody assumed that somebody else is gonna call the police department. Right. And uh, you see later that, that woman that was, you know, uh, attacked, she came to me and said, Mrs. Nunsi, I cannot believe the park was so full of people and nobody called the police. Yeah. You see, my partner almost killed me he dragged me right. to my apartment and nobody intervened. What we have to do is create cohesion when right. we take care of each other. Right. We have a lot of seniors in our community. We have to check in our neighbors and we have to help each other. Mm-hmm. We have to take care of each other. When we achieve that, we can, you see, uh, we can improve and be in peace, all of us, because right. we're taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. That is something they're doing a lot, of, a lot of our neighborhoods now. They are creating, you see, chats, right. WhatsApp, you know. Uh, they are sharing for first time their phone number with their neighbors mm-hmm. because they're knowing, you know, by high and by. Yeah. But they don't even know their full name or phone numbers. But now it's changing that in our community. We're getting closer and more united. Right, and that's creating this level of hopefully dependability on yeah. each other. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Um, you already talked about the result of the survey, but what do you hope are some of the solutions of the survey of your community forum? Like what possible solutions can be implemented to fix some of these issues we're seeing? Well, we're working right now in that, and that is the process, you know. The asking is gonna be have more surveillance. And the asking too is, you know, to people create a conscience. Right. That people, you know, is coming elections, that mm-hmm. we have our you see our decision makers, our councilmen, any person that is in a position of power yeah. to have, you know, public safety as a priority. Yeah. That is that we need and because that is gonna, you know, improve with finance, how we're gonna 
improve other services, they'll see they are alternative. Mm-hmm. Or we can be a pilot for, you know, how we're gonna f- have a solution. Mm-hmm. Creating, you see, like I told you, case managers to help with, you see, with the homeless situation. Being a homeless is not a crime, but some behaviors, you know, scare the community. How are we gonna fix that? Right. Another thing that we wanna achieve is inform our community. Because these are laws, like people are so resentful with the police department because they want to put all the homeless in jail. That is not going to fix this crisis because you see, we have to inform our community how we can, it can be a process where we can help our residents because our, you see, our homeless community is part of our community Mm -hmm. and we have to take care of them and we have to do it in a humane way. What is not just a solution for two weeks is a life-changing right. solution. solution Absolutely. And that is something that we want to work with. You see, we're working very closely is to tell our community, please come, go and vote. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't participate. Right. You see, our, our, this core team participated in the census. And we were, you know, they won awards. All of us will receive awards mm-hmm. by, you know, the nation. It was the first time that our district received so much input, you know, from the census. We change. Yeah. You see, and because we, we explain our community, when you participate in the census, you're bringing resources to our community. Right. And that is the reason that now we have redistricting. Right. You see, and we have to educate our community about how is the process, how is the decision making in our city. And people know that it's a rotation system in our city. That is not, you see, uh, that is a system that we have to, you see, to know. I always tell our community, if you want to change a system, you have to learn the system first. Mm-hmm. And then we can make those changes. Right. And people, you know, and that is that empowerment. And we tell all our 38 leaders, this knowledge, this empowerment that you're having is for you to take for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's so amazing to see these moms that before never spoken public in their whole life. Mm-hmm. Now they go to city council. Now they present a, the collaborative. They're going to do other presentations for 60 people. Right. And that changed their life. And I told them we have to have ownership in our neighborhood and pride. Right. We have to take care of our neighborhood because this is our home. And this is our, what our children see every day. Mm-hmm. If you see something, you see say something, and if you can fix something, work on it. Mm-hmm. We adopt a park, we clean the parks on Saturday, not just, you know, Richmond Park, we went to Woodcrest, and we advocate for the, you see, they remodel now the Pacific Drive Park. This is parents, you see community working for years to achieve these changes. Mm-hmm. We're supporting, you know, the Hans Library. The, before you see was in Cadman for homelessness, now it's going to be a cultural center. Right. And there are so many things that we can do, and you don't need a title to to do this. You just need to have the title that be a parent, that be a brother, a sister, mm-hmm. and they, you are, you see, a uh, part of this community, mm-hmm. a resident. Mm-hmm. And be proud to be a Fullertonian. Right. And it's it's not only empowering and life-changing for the individuals, but that brings the whole community and they, changes the community. And our, mm-hmm. our kids, too, because our center, you see, all our parents bring their children. We're empowering the new generation. Right. This is, you know, changes that we're doing in the schools, in the junior heights, prevention, you know, against drugs, 
we go and now we're working to, you know, at the same team, we're working our junior high. We have before a problem, you see, uh, you know, behavior. And now parents patrol the school, the school is being remodeled. Every day our children, they're being say, hey, they're welcome in the school. And they're proud to now go to their high school. They feel safe and they feel vali validated. Because you know, sometimes like adults, we assume the kids don't know nothing. Yeah. But that is absolutely wrong. We have to be respectful and they have a voice. And that is the voice of the future and you have to learn too. You always have to get what you give and you give respect, you give love, you're always gonna get it, get it back. Yeah, and I think that's a really great point to kind of bring our interview to a close. But before I really do that, um, did you want to talk a little bit more about the May 4th Forum that you're holding? Oh, absolutely. Okay, our Center for Healthy Neighborhood, you know, we are a small, you know, team, but we're mighty. Mm -hmm. and, and thank you to all, you know, our donors, they always support us mm -hmm. in our center because without them we cannot do nothing. And this is one of the initiatives which is coming from the, a St. Joseph Fund that is helping us to empower our community. And this is going to be, you know, our big forum, which is going to be May 4th from 5 to 7 at uh, Richmond Elementary. And I hope to see you there, you know. Thank you to the Fullerton Observer. Thank you, Rouge. Mm -hmm. Thank you. To Jesse, you know, Latour, Adrian, and all the team you see, they are here. In, and thank you for supporting our community. Because we need that voice. And this is going to give us that leverage, you know, and expand because this is not what happened in our neighborhoods. It can happen in other in other parts. Right. And what we want with our teams is not our 38 leaders to fix all the problems. We want them to be our role models for other members of our community to do the same in the neighborhoods. And all together, we can achieve what we want. Right, so May 4, this forum, the community members can attend from Richmond. Other community members can attend to learn. Oh, absolutely. This is mm -hmm. welcome for all our city. We want you We want you in our school, you see, you're welcome to come and learn and see how we work. You see, our this member of the community, like I told you, mm -hmm. a lot of parents, a lot of, you see, Spanish speakers, that we are making a change and we are making sure that our voice is heard mm -hmm. and that we have, you see, this opportunity to unite, we invite into our Korean community, the tissue makers, because at the end, we are all neighbors. Mm -hmm. And that is the main thing that we wanna achieve, you know, is creating that cohesion, that love, and that collaboration between mm -hmm. all of us. And we're seeing a lot of changes already. Right. But we're not gonna stop, you see, we are gonna keep pushing until we achieve the perfect solution for all of us. Right. And it's to have a better, safe, you see, city, and we want to achieve in the future is we're going to advocate for housing because that is another big issue. But we're going one at a time. We're going to fix right. our neighbor and then bring housing to the changes too. Right. It's a step-by-step -step process, and I'm sure your team will do great. So thank you so much for your remarkable efforts within Richmond, and thank you for attending today's interview. Thank you, Rush. And I would like to say, please, uh, that this is a work that I, I owe so much to our core team leaders. Mm -hmm. They are so amazing women, and then we have some, you know, men in our team too. They come and do and help so much. And there are so many but you see, uh, I don't want to miss any of them. And I want to say I love mm -hmm. all of them yep, <laughs> equally. And and thank you, you know, for the support of our center, our director, Jesse Jones, Amy Santos, Lilia Espinosa, 
Dr. Diaz, all these professors, you know, they came to our center and help us to create a data. Because, you know, as a resident, we didn't even know how to start. And it's because of the support of Cal State Fullerton through the center that we achieved this opportunity. And now I'm in front of you. Yeah. And it's going to be, you see many houses and people hearing and seeing this podcast. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So thank you to all the people that you just mentioned as well. They're doing such remarkable work within the community. So thank you so much for attending today. Agnes. Okay, thank you, Rouge. A pleasure. And thank you for the invitation. Thank you. All righty. So that is the end of today's podcast. Fullertonians, thank you for listening. Be sure to follow the Fulton Observer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to keep up with the latest Fulton news. Full-end stories of all our headlines are available on the Fulton Observer website, or you can subscribe to the print edition that gets mailed to your home every two weeks. You can also donate to support local journalism on our website. The journalists behind our headline stories are Matthew Leslie, Jane Rands, Anthony Robert, Vivian Moreno, and Emerson Little. Special thanks to Eglet Nunsi for the interview. Adrian Mesa is our editor, and I'm Arush Navid, your host.